All right. So with Jesus Christ Advocate, I, it was the, the first one that I actually did out of this book because um, I kind of skipped the <laughs> forward uh, to, to one of the entries here. And it was interesting because I was like, hmm, is there going to be much here since there's only what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight uh, verses that, that go into this. And so uh, preparing for our group, I was like, okay, can we really make an hour stretch out of eight verses? And oh boy, <laughs> can you, this is such a fun um, word and, and a fun study and everything. And so, <clears throat> I don't know, should we read a few of these entries here and uh, kind of get our, our bearings, uh, a feel for what we are looking at, and then um, kind of take that in the direction of, of opening it up for everyone to, to share their insights as they studied. Um, so from uh, the, the Bible here, we have three different verses, um, but I find uh, the first John second chapter verse one, a very interesting one. It says, my little children, these things I write, oh, things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And it's interesting that that's the only one that actually uses the, the term advocate. The other ones use intercessor or uh, to intercede. And then from the Book of Mormon, uh, over here on this other side, Second uh, Nephi 2.9, Wherefore he is the firstfruits unto God, inasmuch as he shall make intercession for all the children of men. And they that believe in him shall be saved. And then kind of bouncing down to doctrine and covenants. Uh, that DNC 38.4, I think, is a really interesting one. I am the same which have taken the Zion of Enoch into mine own bosom. And verily I say, even as many as have believed in my name, for I am Christ, and in mine own name, by the virtue of the blood which I have sp spilled, have I pleaded before the Father for them. So... What does it mean to you, having studied the, the word advocate, what does it mean that, that he is your advocate? How can you apply that on a personal level? What kind of insights did you gain as you studied this? Just kind of opening it up uh, for ideas and thoughts and, and insights. And if not, like always, I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> But well, I'm coming to learn from you because <laughs> I was reading Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I've taken that that Old Testament class up there, man. It's a fast-paced one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Every time hitter. they say, "What would you change?" I'm like, "Yeah, slow this down. Like maybe make it three or four classes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um. I think one of the, the first things that really stood out to me was that we have eight entries here for advocate, and yet I, I think it's only two, right? There's only two of them that actually use that word. Everything else is first fruits or intercessor or some variation of those. And so I was like, hmm, is it really that? Especially with the, my language brain popping off <laughs> more and, and more that... I wanted to go find the original. And so in the Bible, I, since we don't have a concordance necessarily for the, the Book of Mormon or uh, Doctrine and Covenants that would help us understand the original intent of it, the only verse that we have is that 1 John 2, 1 that uses the, the term advocate. So let me screen share because that's what I tend to do, right? <laughs> But Bible Hub is my favorite thing. It, it Just go there whenever you have a spare minute and just play around with things. So I'm going to look up for 1 John, and then I'm going to go to the second chapter and verse 1. So we're going to scroll to the bottom where the actual Greek words are. Writing these things to you. If anyone does not, has an advocate. And so here in the Greek, the word is parakleton, which is Strong's number 3875. And 
that term is used as an advocate, an intercessor, a consoler, a comforter, a helper, and a paraclete. And um, wait, what's that last word? Paraclete, which is a interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like a parakeet, but it's a paraclete. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Exactly. That's where my brain went. I was like, huh, I know all of these words, but I don't understand that one. And the original word in Greek is parakleton. So there's some sort of connection there that I really wanted to, to look up. So let's um, look up paraclete and, and see what the definition says. Um, paraclete is a noun in Christian theology, the Holy Spirit as an advocate or counselor. And I thought that was super interesting. And so um, one thing that I wanted to do was um, take us through Strong's 3875, because there's very interesting connections where this is used. Because if it's used more than once in the Bible, why isn't it listed here on in the topical guide like why isn't it put under there um, in in that section so we click on that and it pops up that this version of that word is used five times in the bible we have three or sorry excuse me four in the gospel of john and one in first john 2 1 which we already have so let's kind of take a look at what how it's used in the gospel of john it is used as helper or comforter, uh, again, helper, comforter, all the way through the Gospel of John. But when we get to 1 John, that's the first time, and it's only once translated as advocate. And so I thought that was super interesting. So I wanted to go and look up all four of these other versions to help get a fuller sense of what advocate means in the helper or comforter context. Um, so if we click on John 14, 16, ooh, that's a different view that I'm not fond of, just a second. That's interesting, because I don't think of advocate as a help, maybe a helper, but not a comforter. Uh-huh, yeah. Let me pull up another time, Bible Hub. So the Gospel of John, and we are in the chapter 14, and what was that, 14, 16? Sorry, I should have probably had these all pulled up. <laughs> um, so as we are looking through all these different kind of translations, uh, many times, it's it just not in, in the King James, doesn't translate it uh, that way very often, but um, the New International Version does translate it as advocate. Um, in the King James Version of John 14, 16, it says a comforter. And so let's, let's kind of take a look at the context of what the Gospel of John is saying in that 14th chapter. It says in the King James, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. And so here we have an interesting word, another. So they already have one comforter, and they're going to send another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Um, as we look up the, the word paraclete, and, and especially in like uh, Webster's Dictionary and, and things like that, um, everybody says that it's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, um, the, the one member of the Godhead that doesn't have a body. That's what paraclete typically is referred to. But in all of these contexts, I found um, in John 14, John 15, and John 16, those chapters are talking about a second comforter that will be given unto man once they have learned and uh, utilized the first comforter. And so I, I found that just very interesting that advocate, the original Greek, means a comforter or a, a paraclete. And um, here's some different uh, words that are, are used in the thesaurus for uh, both advocate, comforter, and paraclete. They are to defend, it's a lawyer, a proponent, 
a support, um, appeal, petition, request, intervention, apostle, a consoler, a helper, an intercessor, and a comforter. And so I found, <laughs> anyway, my mind was just like racing throughout all of these different things. But um, I, I went and, and did some lexicon searches and looked what paraclete um, translates to in the Hebrew. And um, also, it, it yields uh, kind of a search on second comforter type uh, material, uh, where it's not referring to the Holy Ghost, it's referring to specifically Christ as a second comforter um, that comes after the first one. I can't figure out how Alethea is not driving off the side <laughs> of the road right now. <laughs> into the I'm just astounded at this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Cameron. Do you like um, sleepwalk and do things in your sleep? Because I honestly don't know where you find time to do all this. I don't know. This is an interesting. It was just one of my studies one morning, and <laughs> uh, it was kind of planning out to to see if we could make much out of uh, squeeze an hour out of eight verses and. <laughs> <laughs> I well, was like, oh man, if the rest are like this, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> being our advocate with the Father takes on a whole, a whole dimension I never, never. Mm -hmm. Wow. It sounds to me like it's completely different from what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to me too. Because advocate, prior to my search, I was thinking, okay. He pleads my case before the father. He's, he's basically my attorney. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm at the judgment bar and um, that's what, like, it, he's only an advocate at that one moment in my life, right? Where he will plead my case and say, okay, I've suffered and, and paid the price. Uh, please let him in kind of a thing. That was kind of my, my rough idea of advocate. But now... It, I mean, it's expanded so much. I mean, if you look at my pages, like <laughs> I've got scriptures all over the place where I've taken the, the Paracleton um, and all of its variations throughout the Bible and looked at the, the Hebrew equivalent and, and looked at all of those. And there are some fascinating scriptures that helped me understand Second Comforter so much better because I didn't understand it either, uh, apparently, <laughs> before this. I had kind of a, a rough, blurry uh, idea of what that meant, but um, nothing like when you look up and put the effort into looking up these scriptures. It seems to me oh, like you, heart searches are so um, instrumental in opening things up. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never experienced anything quite so fascinating is understanding the roots of where this comes from. Yeah. Our, I mean, our scriptures, when I say this, I mean, where our scriptures are coming from, it just amplifies the experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Understanding the so words. Can you do me word. a favor? Can yeah. you do me a favor, Cameron, and read that, was it First John? Uh -huh. But in place of advocate, you sent a comforter. Uh-huh, yeah, for sure. Um, let me, well, um, just a second. I'm going to pull it up over here in, on the church's website in just a second, so we can see all of the verses around it. But if you're going to do a deep dive on this, I would highly recommend um, going through um, the Gospel of John, uh, so like one of the four Gospels. It's kind of confusing when you have John, and then you have like First John, Second John, Third John. But if you go through the Gospel of John, chapters 14 through 16, and just pour over it, um, it, it, it changes things. Um, but yeah, I'm just pulling up that first John reference here. Two, one. All right, so it says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have a comforter with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So this one is, I mean, pointing directly to Jesus Christ. It's not pointing towards the Holy Ghost that many different commentaries say that paraclete 
points to. Oh, paraclete, that's the Holy Ghost. But this one is saying, no, we have a paraclete, we have an advocate, we have a comforter with the Father, and that is Jesus Christ. And continuing on, just kind of those verses here, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so, um, anyway, <laughs> um, taking that first John, and if we go back to um, some of the, the context of like John chapter 14, uh, looking just at the, the chapter heading here. So Jesus speaks of many mansions. He says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that to see him is to see the Father. He promises the first and second comforters. And which that's exactly what the words, the original words tell us. And that uh, was 14 that you just showed us? 14. Uh -huh, yeah, that was chapter 14. And then I'm going to read the, the chapter headings of 15 and 16. So we okay. can kind of see where it's, it's headed there. Um, it says, Jesus is the vine. His disciples are the branches. He discourses on the perfect law of love, which, I mean, it's basically lectures on faith. <laughs> chapter 15 is his servants have been chosen and ordained by him. The world hates and fights true religion. He promises the comforter the spirit of truth. And so ask yourself, what is that chapter heading referring to? Is it referring to the Holy Ghost or is it referring to the second comforter? Because that's an interesting uh, side study there. And then uh, chapter 16, <clears throat> Jesus discourses on the mission of the Holy Ghost. He tells of his death and resurrection and announces that he is the son of God and says that he has overcome the world. So yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> rob you of, of your time because, I mean, we could take hours and just read 14 through 16 in their original Greek context, and it is quite amazing. So I highly recommend jumping on BibleHub.com and reading the, um, the Gospel of John, chapters 14 through 16, along with 1 John, that all of the chapters of 1 John uh, really go hand in hand with with those chapters there and then once you've done that you come back to these ones um like for example um the moroni 728 for he hath answered the ends of the law and he claimeth all those who have faith in him and they who have faith in him will cleave unto every good thing wherefore he advocateth the cause of the children of men and he dwelleth eternally in the heavens so it's not just some future event that he's going to be an advocate, you know, at the, the judgment bar for us, but he is a continual advocate. And if we have faith in him, which we've learned a lot about faith, right? Lectures on faith and, and Jeffrey Beaner's uh, podcast there. If we have faith in him, we will cleave to every good thing. And all those good things come from John 14 through 16 there. And um, let's see, what was the other one? Oh, <laughs> sorry. I feel like I'm just monopolizing everything. I just get excited. I'm like a- Get excited. <laughs> like a little puppy. I can't contain myself. But um, in the workbook here, uh, President Nelson's quote, I think is so crucial to this understanding here. So let me read it real quick. It says, Jesus is our advocate with the Father. The word advocate, uh, from in our English anyway, comes from Latin roots meaning voice for, or one who pleads for another. Other related terms are used in scripture, such as intercessor or mediator. From the Book of Mormon, we learn that this responsibility was foreseen before his birth. This mission was clearly evident in the compassionate intercessory prayer of Jesus. And here's where it gets interesting, uh, where we've learned about faith and, and how faith works, right? President Nelson continues, picture him in your mind. Picture him kneeling in fervent supplication. Listen to his beautiful language of his prayer. Sense his feeling for his weighty responsibility as mediator. He is also known as the mediator of the New Testament or covenant. 
Comprehending him as our advocate, intercessor, mediator with the Father gives us assurance of his unequaled understanding, justice, and mercy. And so President Nelson is there inviting us to, to use the faith that we've been learning about through lectures and um, through the spiritual creation process. Take time to picture him interceding for you in your mind and listen in to what he's saying about you. That's a powerful exercise. Cameron, where, where did you find those words of President Nelson? Just in, in the workbook that we're using. It's right oh, there on the okay. bottom of page 20. You can tell I've been behind today. Um, <laughs> that was so beautiful. What popped into my mind about the continual advocate was how Jesus would um, kind of break apart from the Nephites when he appeared to them and he would pray to the Father about them. Yeah. That was him advocating for these people that were his, his people. Yeah. That was really, wow. really made it so, um, so much more immediate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can only imagine what they felt and, and what we can that words could not, they, most of the time it was words cannot, you know, you, you can't speak these words. These were words that were beyond um, mortal, mortal ability to speak and mm. probably only be able to comprehend in your heart. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we could spend forever on it, but what, what ideas, what thoughts, what, what things, other things came to, to your guys's mind as, as you uh, read through these scriptures or uh, what new questions do you have? I have like a, a whole new image in my head. Like I, I went through my, uh, previous advocate right and now I'm like oh it, it's totally different now and and it's so it, it fundamentally changed my my prayers even um since then of him comforting me through prayer and comforting and advocating um in those those quiet moments of uh of supplication and things I, I don't know if it it's amazing how we can grow in our understandings over time with just simple little light switches that uh, we can turn on, right? <laughs> You're smiling. What you got? I can't believe it. <laughs> what I wouldn't have given to know this while we were doing lectures on faith. All right. I, I seriously, I want to go back through lectures on faith with all of these new things that are coming, but don't you feel like lectures really unlocked a lot of things for you? Yes. Yeah. I don't know if I would have got half of this without lectures, Probably. but I don't know if I have <laughs> lectures down without some of this new stuff. And so it's kind of like, it's just all one great hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah <laughs> i'm giddy anybody oh my gosh <laughs> and so kind of a side study that i did with advocate was um because it, it talks about first fruits all the time here and so i i mean this isn't all inclusive study but i did a a study on first fruits versus second fruits and third fruits etc anytime that there's a number or a succession with fruits and then also uh, good fruit versus bad fruit and uh, as we make sacrifices um, by their fruits you shall know them um, and how we can come to to know intimately and 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 things like there there was a lot with fruit that that comes out through advocacy and um through the comforter ship i i don't know how to <laughs> phrase that better but um that are very interesting and 
when I was looking at the different kinds of fruit or the succession of fruits, um, it seemed to point to uh, Isaiah's ladder um, that their fruits are kind of from Zion Jerusalem on, that there's uh, fruits meet as we do repent and offer greater sacrifices. And by their fruits, you shall know them. And uh, it, it helps distinguish where we are at any given moment and, and who we are ministering to. Uh, fruits is, is kind of indicative of that. And as we are sacrificing for others, we are comforted through that process, right? We always have someone ministering down to us so that we can minister to others. And anyway, so there's this great advocacy happening up and down the ladder with Christ being our second comforter. Like we have a first comforter when we're at a certain level of the ladder, and then we grow in the gospel. And as we minister in greater ways to, to broader groups of people, then we have a second comforter that steps in because our decents, our fruits, our sacrifices are going to deepen. And so we need a greater comforter, a greater advocate with the father for that. And so anyway, it was just <laughs> a fun study on fruits uh, along with it. Um, so do you think that seeing the father is a, I want to say reward, but a, a fruit of having passed what, what would you say our last test? Or do you think he would be part of the comforting to help us through that last test? Or neither or both. <laughs> I don't know if you can have both, but. <clears throat> because like with School of the Prophets, for example, right? Uh, they were able to, to see God the Father, but they weren't necessarily suckered by him or comforted. And so I don't know if that was necessarily a comforter type experience, but <laughs> as we do grow in the gospel, like looking at, at the, the levels of the ladder, right? And uh, at the top is, is Jehovah, who does pay the price for all of our, our sins. He atones for all of mankind, who was his comforter and um, various things on that. But uh, we hear that Adam was in the garden with him, suckering him, right? And we also know that uh, Elohim was, uh, or father, does it say Elohim in the scriptures? Eloi, Eloi. Anyway, um, but he withdraws for a time that there's kind of a, a need for the decent, but yet he comes and, and does succor him there on the cross and, and through the resurrection. So I don't know. That, that's an interesting thought that I hadn't really went down that avenue before. But I think that we are given glimpses or, you know, recognitions uh, that we're heading in the right direction with our calling election made sure and everything. But I don't necessarily know if we are comforted by that far up until we are meriting or producing that type of fruit that merits that uh, type of. But I was wondering if it's, uh, yeah, I, I tend to think, oh, Darlene, but. <laughs> well, I, you know, we, We've learned that we do receive the third comforter at some point. Do we know when that is? But anyway, that 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 is Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother together. But I don't think we've learned at what point that is. And and maybe it's different for different people too. I don't know. But I would think everything else has such a uh, organized thing I would think that that's probably organized as well but I don't know yeah. um 
I'm trying to think. My brain just went blank. <laughs> it, I, it was headed somewhere, and then I'm like, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> but um, my new card I found. Oh, I, I found this question very insightful on page 22. Um, all of these kind of prompts here were interesting. It asks, when have you been reminded that Christ is mindful of you, that he is your advocate? And I, I have my answer from the first time I went through this, this workbook or whatever. And now with a, a greater understanding of advocacy, I, I now have a very different answer or different bullet points to, to put along there. But um, I would really ponder on that uh, for you personally and, and write your thoughts and feelings here in, in this journal. Mm. But when have you been reminded that Christ is mindful of you? Uh, as we do have the first comforter with with baptism and and as we we strive for perfection in that first comforter um, that that is a gift of it to testify of Christ and remind us that he is mindful of us we kind of get glimpses of him beforehand but as we do meet out fruit worthy of repentance that we we have greater, reminders of of christ's mindfulness of us and and isn't mindful an interesting word because every time now after jeffrey beaner's <laughs> podcast um mindfulness being equated with faith that it's a, a meditation that christ is mindful of you that you're constantly before him in his mind he is constantly creating you spiritually and uh, we likewise can reciprocate that. And meditation, it creates because we create with our thoughts. Mm -hmm. We are creating our reality. We're literally influencing our DNA, ourselves. We're sending them signals through our thoughts. Every time we think something, it creates something. So if he's meditating upon us and continuing to create we really, and what I'm getting from what you said is that we really are creating and co-creating with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think as all of us are taking our steps forward, we're becoming even more empowered and more able to comprehend what that means to us personally. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and the fact that we create spiritually before we do physically i think that's a big part of it as right well. that's where it starts in the mind and then it manifests in the flesh it creates mm -hmm. yeah. it's so fascinating it is <laughs> and so those next uh, few questions uh i, I find uh, i'm understanding them on, on very different levels than my original study of it but have you ever been an advocate for someone that needed help because uh, i have a few different references listed here that i had to really pull back in my brain i'm like i don't think so but i, I finally found a couple but um well you know, with, with greater meaning than it, it, it helps as, as we act as proxy saviors are we not advocating for them mm-hmm and, and on deeper levels as we understand more, right? And so uh, the follow-up questions to those was, how did it make you feel? How do you think it made them feel? What does it mean that Jesus is an advocate for you? And so, uh, you know, he doesn't, like Christ doesn't want to just advocate for us and and pay all the price and just receive compliments back like oh thank you for that but he wants us to actually experience it with him in degrees right we, we start out on on small levels of um helping other people uh, and that, i mean it's the whole law right love god and then love your fellow men serve them minister to them and then as we do, as we are growing in our advocacy or comfortership towards others, we likewise will be comforted from higher up on the, the ladder and, and even from our first and second comforters at, at appropriate times. 
and we will be given greater stewardships or promptings or spheres of influence with which to advocate for others. And we grow in that, um, that process. He wants us to experience how joyous it feels to advocate for others. Yes, there is suffering involved. I mean, that's, that's the whole process. It's never convenient to minister. It's always going to be at odd hours or very inconvenient times and, and things. Um, but <laughs> he went in, into yes. the garden to, to do it. And that's and, for a reason, though, I think, and because he brought up about the sacrifices, the different fruits at different levels, you know, that's mm -hmm. how the sacrifice works as well. So, I, goodness sakes. Yeah. Boy, a year ago, my mind didn't go like this. <laughs> it was stuck down here, like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Everything starts to make sense and all of the different dots start to connect. Isn't it interesting? And that what you just said too, uh, Cameron, about him wanting us to experience, he's teaching us how to be like him. Mm -hmm. He is really teaching us what it means to become like him. And think about how good it feels when instead of judging somebody, you're merciful. Your mm -hmm. whole heart just expands with light. You feel so good. Yeah. So this okay. No, not at all. <laughs> it is cutting out really bad. I no. mean, we, we get yeah. words, but I'm know. almost home, so I'll tell you my story in a minute. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. We'll wait for it. Um, in the meantime, like uh, that hymn that's listed there, I mean, there's there's such power in hymns, right? But I, especially when it's in context of things like this, I, I typically skip over the hymns. I, I'm, I'm bad that way. But this one was very interesting. I'd like to, to read the verses of it. It talks about verse four, but I think all of them are necessary in order to get to verse four. But reverently and meekly now, let thy head most humbly bow. Think of me, thou ransomed one. Think what I for thee have done. With my blood that dripped like rain, sweat in agony of pain. With my body on the tree, I have ransomed even thee. In this bread, now blessed for thee, emblem of my body, see. In this water or this wine emblem of my blood divine oh remember what was done that the sinner might be one on the cross of calvary i suffered death for thee i have suffered death for thee bid thine heart all strife to cease with thy burden be it or brethren be at peace oh forgive as thou wouldst be even forgiven now by me in the solemn prayer faith of prayer cast upon me all thy care and my spirit's grace shall be like a fountain unto thee. At the throne I intercede. For thee ever do I plead. I have loved thee as thy friend with a love that cannot end. Be obedient, I implore, prayerful, watchful evermore, and be constant unto me, that thy Savior I may be. Wow. Yeah, I found such poignancy in, in those principles and, and that whole hymn. It means way more to me now than it ever did before. But that, that constancy is, is huge. That in order to, to be comforted, there has to be a level of, of constancy in our own lives. Um, which seems almost impossible. <laughs> I'm, I'm all over the place. Yeah, and a level of, of discomfort on our part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which mm, we don't love. But... <laughs> I've been just, my mind just keeps going to um, 
the thought about the meditation meditating upon us it just keeps going back to that and I think that even if we carve out moments of our day where we can take like a a little fast from the world and just sit with him and just be you know that scripture that says be still and just sit with him just maybe if it's just a few times you know special times during the day to take a complete sensory break and a fast and just be there with him that's what my heart feels like right now i know and like i i have these moments of like complete clarity of oh this is what i need to do and then life kicks in <laughs> and I, I forget to take time to meditate and, and do these things right and i had a dreadful facebook hard. drama yesterday unfolding like i thought that they had wiped out everything it was gone and they were forcing me into this market um suite business market suite all my facebook was gone all my posts and my carefully written words and then my niece carefully figured out what was happening but it was like Boy, there went that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, life happens and throws us for loops. And yet. And yet he keeps calling us, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel that I feel that call so much tonight. <laughs> Has anyone ever tried to to catch hold of a wild cat or one that doesn't want to be held. <laughs> it's just clawing and scratching at you and stuff. That's how I feel most of my life. And I'm like, <laughs> the savior must just be like, okay, calm. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but like life happens and, and things are busy and I've got to be here and there and everywhere. And just calm down. <laughs> Let's focus do these things but the the practice of mindfulness um and and controlling our natural man's reactions to things so that we can be purposeful in all of our our doings and on ever greater levels present, just to be present in the moment i think that's how you receive personal revelation because yeah. every time i've ever had heard there's certain times that i just have like an impression but there's been times where I've actually heard a voice but it's always been because I've been making space for that to happen and this is just something I want to share that happened that shows you how how easy it is to to take you know to to kind of miss the mark so it was two days ago I thought oh I'm going to call my mother's old friend and she's my friend she's in her 90s and she's just recently been widowed and I thought it's just time it's been a long time since I've called her and I need to check in with her so trying to be more spirit-led I inquired of the spirit is this a good time for me to call June and it was no and I thought no don't call a widow so I asked again and it was no and I thought Okay, so then I sat down at the computer and something else came to me to do. And it opened up an avenue for me to meet somebody that I would never, ever, ever have met online and to have this really amazing experience. And then afterwards I inquired and yes, I could call the widow. So I did. And she said, I want you to come and take me to the art museum and blah, 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 blah. So she was taken care of. But it was just that subtle timing, mm -hmm. which, which was a, that was a teaching moment for me. That you just can't be careful enough, you know, just really trying to be present in the moment to hear what those uh, instructions might be. Thank you for the sisal slow down. El, thank you. That is one of my favorites. I love that song. I love it too. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I've ever heard it. I'm like, I don't you will know. love it. You will. Oh, you'll love, you'll you, love but it. I think you will love it. <laughs> it's exquisite. Just perfection. Musical perfection. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, is there anything else that skipped over? I mean, <laughs> there, there's so much to it. One of these days, we'll have to come back to this one after everyone's had plenty of time to, to dwell in uh, John 14 through 16 and <laughs> come back and... Uh, Maybe we could um, put that on the <clears throat> Learning Side website as we do that. <laughs> <clears throat> study and learn they're saying oh you you missed it girl <laughs> and, and this one gets up go back and watch the first part of it because so glad you did <laughs> yeah i thought about making a, a a thought through video or or tutorial on how to to really use concordances and lexicons and, and things like that and and what they are you know because sometimes those are kind of foreign to us making, a, making a, <laughs> an instructional video on that but with advocate in mind so you know having the advocate and really branch out and what those are and stuff because I don't know <laughs> even when I get like too excited on here and stuff I'm leaving out uh, uh, things that I know but I can get a bullet point thing and, and create a presentation, have more, <laughs> more thought into it. But yeah, I think the way, sometimes the way you organize your thoughts is through what you do, because your stuff is so, it's really organized. Like I listened to some of your stuff on the chiasmus, which is oh, really, wow. really nice the way you can really thoroughly dive into something. Mm -hmm. so, yeah do that do that yeah. <laughs> one like, of these I days like i want to remake those videos too because i've got a lot more <laughs> experience on under my belt from those but yeah i i like taking time to go slow and, and make a thing more complete or, or whatever because on book clubs my brain's just going everywhere <laughs> so did i miss some good stuff at the beginning i wasn't home and i I came oh, home. Wow. I thought, oh, I'm gonna hop on late. It's like I could get home and die. Yeah. So we um, just kind of like a, a recap of. Um, I found it interesting in in my study of advocate that we sit down with these eight verses that are in the topical guide, and <clears throat> there's only a couple of them that actually use the word advocate. Otherwise, they use like an intercessor or first fruits or you know, different variations, but uh, very rarely the actual word that we're applying it to. And so I looked at that first John 2, 1, and, and I took everybody through uh, biblehub.com and to look at the original Greek word, which is parakletos, and what parakletos is and how it's used uh, is kind of different than, I mean, not different than advocate, but it's translated more often as comforter rather than advocate. And so um, taking a kind of a, a word study through uh, the Gospel of John chapter 14 through 16. And anyway, it, it's pretty fun. <laughs> it, it was some some very aha moments, but that advocate is is basically meaning second comforter. And and play using those two and kind of playing off of each other. Um, it helps amplify what second comfort means and oh, nice. also in turn helps uh, understand what advocate really means and, and things. So um, yeah, when this comes back up, you'll have to watch it, but I, I do yeah. make that video sometime, uh, <laughs> lining it out a, a lot more coherent. Mm -hmm. oh, nice. I'm just way behind because I didn't get the first, the second section that was so huge. And then it was, oh, yeah. yeah, late and Sunday and now, and it's like, I'm just don't play. <laughs> no, I'm putting oh, you through your paces this week. I? Oh my gosh. And I've just gotten interested in other books. So I'm like, oh my goodness. And just studying the Come Follow Me and our Relief Society lesson. And it's like, okay, I got to make time for all of it. But it's like, oh, when? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I totally understand. I don't know why, but for some reason, because the last section was so big, I thought we were going to be continuing to talk about it. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm like, 
kind of lagging behind a little bit. Yeah. So I'm thinking I might just jump to the next one and then go back for those two that I didn't really get done. Mm -hmm. And so I can, yeah, stay up to up on time. Yeah, most of these are, are smaller ones. I mean, not all of them, but uh, <laughs> they're not going to be as heavy workloads as, as last week's. So that was that was a crazy one. That was a journey. So I was um, getting another mental image too, as we spoke about that, as you reintroduced the word advocate. Um, I think most of us have probably read the book, um, Visions of Glory. And there's that part where the apostle is, is praying for him. And he has that vision of that occurring. And he's concerned that he's causing the apostle to be so concerned that he's actually praying for him. And I think that would be a earthly example of how we could emulate that and learn how to grow into that uh, savior-like quality. Yeah, I love that. Sounds like a perfect example. Um, as we uh, take a look throughout Isaiah's ladder and things, chapter six of Isaiah decoded is basically that and <laughs> amplified kind of the how-to manual for it. But yeah, looking at uh, visions of glory when uh, Maxwell is, is praying on Spencer's behalf. Yes. Um, let's see yeah I think that that's all I've got anyway <laughs> do you want me to share my story or do you want me to sure. wait until another time because we're not really on that topic anymore <sighs> go, ahead, um, go ahead and, and share it so we were talking about not judging, ministering, that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I went to the temple this morning. I went and did initiatories, and then I went and stopped in the celestial room. And I've started carrying a little notebook and pen, and I sit down with the scriptures. And I usually know what I'm going to look up and what I want answers to. So I'm sitting there, and I'm reading, and I'm writing. And when I walk in, of course, there's people there already from the, from the um, endowment session. And I'm sitting in a chair facing this way, and there's a couch this way. So this people are facing my right shoulder. And um, I know that there's people over there. I just sit down, I'm doing my own stuff. Well, then this man gets up from the couch, and he comes over to me and says, my, don't you have beautiful long hair? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen men now? Of course he had a hat on, so I couldn't tell who are pretty much bald, but they can still grow a little bit of hair. And the ponytail is about half that size. <laughs> <laughs> I can grow hair, right? So he had one of those and it was flipped over his shoulder like this. So it was all on the side. And it was teal. This was an older guy. And that's the first thing I see. And then I look up at him and he has his eyebrows drawn on like I would draw my eyebrows on. I'm thinking there was more makeup on, but I'm not really sure because I didn't want to um, stare. And I said, oh, thank you. And it was just such a shock and I didn't want to make a scene. And he had on pants and then he turned to leave. And I just was kind of stunned for a second. And then I thought he has a temple recommend. So good for him. Mm -hmm. Good for him. It wasn't what I expected to see or an experience I expected to have. Um, anyways. So, yeah, it was kind of an interesting experience today, but kind of eye-opening. I thought he's worthy to come to the temple, so good for him. Yeah, it, it, it is so interesting as we are going through 
our our own pace like you were saying i was just kind of doing my own thing i wasn't really <laughs> paying attention and then um we come across things that uh, the lord wants to present us with and mm-hmm. and, and how we choose to, to respond and and the love and charity that we can emulate uh, through our um actions and stuff it, just kind of like not necessarily little mini tests or pop quizzes for us but like to um to help us see others how he sees them yeah right? I reminder it was like I an like, in your reminder for me mm-hmm. i like the way you said it kim and the lord wants to present us with something <laughs> something shows up um, here you go <laughs> But yeah, the other day, I mean, not that <laughs> I'm jumping on this bandwagon, but totally off topic, but uh, actually, I think I might've shared this in the other group, but anyway, just the, an experience with somebody that was like total, um, their appearance was, was very interesting. And I just had such love flowing out of me towards them. and that I, I just wasn't expecting that. Like normally, because like you said, I don't want to like stare or anything, you know, I don't want to make things awkward or anything, but at the same time, I was, I was looking past all of that uh, out beyond this facade that they have created to present themselves. And I was seeing the actual person and their potential and, and how God loves them and stuff. And it's just such an interesting experience. Uh, you know, mine was in a pizza parlor, not a, <laughs> a celestial room, but um, <laughs> it's just interesting how the more that I'm trying to break down my barriers and, and things and preconceptions and just try like an actual mindfulness to like love others wherever they're at and, and just try to experience God's love for them and stuff. And, and he gives that so freely anyway, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just interesting uh, experiences like that. And they're ever more present uh, in today's age, isn't it? Well, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Isn't it? Isn't it in Mosiah that says, pray with all the energy of your heart to be filled with God's love, you know, and to see, see people like God sees them to see past their mortal to their soul or what they can be mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's what we're supposed to do but how many of us really try that we all have sometimes. our own issues that we put up um yeah i mean you, you said you're experiencing things i always think life is a mirror you know of what we're supposed to uh the lessons we're supposed to learn so it mirrors it back so we can see what we need to learn sometimes yeah. <laughs> i think <laughs> yeah it's just it's interesting because you get things put in your face it's like well let's see how you handle this <laughs> yeah <laughs> and kind of seeing that over time and how it all works but you know uh, along the lines of advocacy and, and comforter and and things like what a spiritual gift that is you know we we have our our standard list of spiritual gifts right we have doctrine and covenants we have it in the bible and we have a couple conference talks that expands that list, but there's so many spiritual gifts for which we can be looking for, looking to obtain, looking how to use them and how they work and, and play with them. And uh, I, I can't remember if I said this on Megan's podcast or not, but I don't think I did. I was going to, <laughs> it was in my notes, but um, that I feel like the temple is our playground like you know <laughs> referencing visions of glory right um where he's in his pre-mortal um room and and uh with his spiritual chest of gifts and tools and things um i feel like that's what the temples are for as we go there and serve that we are able to learn about new spiritual gifts that we are to use and inherit and 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 actually uh, play with them for lack of a better word uh there in the temple i i've taken that principle very strongly and 
every week I go with a new spiritual gift in mind or uh, looking uh, for one and and one is presented and here's kind of how it works and now now go home and and study about it it's all throughout the scriptures when you know what to look for and anyway the temples are just such a, a fun exciting place to to go play with spiritual gifts <laughs> it sounds kind of weird but i found that principle to be very true i like your word cameron inherit since christ is our father we can inherit um a little different than more life here but still i think you're, you're spot on do you guys see lisa's um email address in the chat because i have nothing in the chat oh yeah i did send it I'll send i know it. i saw you send it but i'll send it again maybe maybe it's because you were driving or something that it yeah didn't... i saw it show up when i was driving but i got okay. nothing there now i'll send it now and you tell me if you see it i haven't sent it yet i'm just typing it yeah that was an interesting lesson to learn in the temple today and just a reminder like of what president, I got it, what president Nelson's been telling us about unity and love and not judging and anyway, yeah. and what a, what an interesting place to be taught that. Mm -hmm. Best place to be taught it. Well, but what an interesting place to be taught it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is maybe the better way to say it. So. Yeah. Well, anything else on, on advocacy or, or anything like that before we kind of transition into Come Follow Me? Um, I was just going to, in our intermission, <laughs> potty break, whatever, um, uh, play the, the second half of that YouTube video that I was sharing yesterday, um, just to kind of get us uh, thinking, uh, switching gears into the Jeremiah and Lamentations there and stuff. But um, let me stop the recording and I'll start it back up again. Hey, we got a moving. 